Hi everyone, Jason here. I'm excited to bring you our new series called Healing From Here. With all the deep social unrest that we're experiencing right now, there are so many questions we face as a community. Where does wellness go from here? How can we create real, meaningful, long-lasting change that ultimately builds a more inclusive community? How can we, as individuals, make our own contributions? How can we collectively heal? In this series, we'll be talking to minority leaders in the wellness world as we look to answer these very questions. We are all in this together. You, we, all. Lorea Gaston has had our hearts since she spoke at our 2018 Revitalize event about her incredible organization, Lunch on Me, which works to feed LA's homeless population with fresh organic product and meals. We then featured her in our short documentary film called Love Without Reason, which we released in 2019. And now she's back making her second appearance on this podcast to discuss Black Lives Matter and what we can all do so we can collectively heal during this time of deep social unrest. Lorea is a spiritual force and she inspires us all. Lorea, welcome. It's so good to see you. It's so good to hear you. Uh, I know you're on the front lines. We were just talking about that before we started uh, doing the work of the work, uh, so to speak, that most people are not willing to do. You know, you're out there on Skid Row, you're feeding people, you're helping people. Um, So it's good to see you. It's nice to see you too. Thank you so much. Jason, you already know you guys have a special place in my heart because you guys gave me my first platform for a voice. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. You are so sweet and we are so grateful for you and everything you do. Um, so one of the things I love about you and there and there are lots, lots to love about you is literally, you know, you, your brand, what you stand for. And it's love without reason. So what does love without reason mean to you? The first thing I think of when I um, think about the words love without reason, I think about the all-encompassing energy of the universe. I feel like love is vast and almost uncomprehendable, and yet it's sometimes simple and tangible. Um, It is the love that has created this world. It's us presenting that same energy with no connection to outcome, but to be able to reap into the earth, into the gratitude of being created in the first place and having this experience. When I think of love, I think of that. I think of being so intentional and mindful with how we are presenting our energy to this world and how we are transmuting anything that is not of love. And I think that that's what it is. It's, it's for the same meaning as life. I think Love without reason is, is, you comprehend that like we comprehend our existence. It's something we understand and if we're lucky, we experience. But I don't know how much of it we can grasp fully other than sitting in it and living in it. And I think that's what love without reason is. It's about bringing energy and love and light to the world with no outcome outside of wanting to express our gratitude for existing and having this experience. And so with so much anger and so much sadness out there and and rightfully so, how can we get to that place? How can we 
get to love without reason. You know, you shared on on Instagram, you did a great post on Instagram. You know, you 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 flipped the script and said, "How do we make America love again? How do yeah. we get there?" Um, I think one of the most important ways to figure out how to get back to love, how to return to love, is to start with being present enough to know where you are currently. You know, everyone is mourning in different ways. There are different levels and vibrations. You know, you do have anger, you have pain, you have remorse, you have regret, um, you have guilt. I think that we get there by first being so present where we are so that we can lay a roadmap to where we're going. So I think it starts with being present, knowing where you are, and also being mindful enough to know where you want to go. And I think wanting to go is saying, I feel this stuff, but how do I get to love? How does love become the end result? And I think it has to do with being so intentional with what we're presenting, what we're feeling, and how we are presenting our energy within those feelings. And for me, I understand, you know, the pain, the anger. I have been to all those places, but I've learned the only one that matters is love. I think it, 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 it shares your story and it makes, it creates dimensions to who we are and everyone has a right to feel. So I think the most important part is let's get to a place where we all feel first, right? Because if we are neutral, I don't know if we can get to love because we have to feel something. So I believe wherever we are, whatever we are experiencing, as long as we decide to take the will and drive whatever that energy is towards love, we have the ability to transmute it. And I think that is what we need is transmuting whatever energy we have into radical love. And radical love can be speaking up. Radical love can be marching. Radical love can be so many different things for so many different people. But we have to recognize any energy that is not of love has to be temporary. Mm. Because I think love has to be the fixed solution. So anger is okay, but you just can't sit in anger forever. Yes. Yes. I think we have to have a relationship with our emotions because we are multifaceted. Hmm. We are meant to experience the entire spectrum. You know, I think it's important. That's the idea. It's like, it can't be only love at all moments because that's like having the sun. It takes away the value sometimes until you have that rain. So I think it's more of our homework. When we get to other places, we have to, it's almost like being set into one place and, and trying to find our GPS towards love. We can be dropped in different places and different energy fields and different spaces because our experience of what we're experiencing triggers different parts of us. But I think the most important part, even down to the hate that's in this world, we just have to recognize that from there, we have to find our way back to love. And so... What advice do you have for people listening? And you know, if you're a listener of this podcast, you're a fan of mine, Buddy Green. I think odds are, you know, you're a good person and you want to make a difference. But at the same time, there are people who are, you know, not sure how do I make a difference, you know, and they're not, they don't know where to start. And, and one of the things that Hill Harper said when we had him on the podcast uh, last week, he said, whatever you do, you can't, you, you cannot do nothing. Like doing nothing yes. is not an answer. And he said, you know, you have to listen to your heart. You have to say, 
you know, ask yourselves the question, what speaks to me? Where does, what makes my heart sing? And that's the area we're going to jump in and contribute because everyone must do something. And I'm curious, you know, from your point of view, what advice do you have for people who, who want to help, who want to take this moment and, and make it a shift? Yes. The first thing I, I want to share with people, because it is new territory for so many, you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid to mess up. You can't be afraid to stumble, you know, because, you know, it's kind of like if you don't try, you've already failed. So I think that we have to embrace. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. But it starts with movement. Like Hill Harper said, it starts with trying. And my first suggestion, I always tell people, for me, it's always been prayer and meditation because I try to sit back before I react. I try and sit back and check in with my heart. And check in with my spirit and my energy field because I don't want to contribute to the world in negative emotions when I can transmute that, uh, ground myself, and then be way more helpful into the energy of the world if I first ground myself. And I think that's where we have to get to. A lot of this really is going within. Seeing where we have done things right, wrong, or haven't done anything, I think we start with that accountability. And that accountability is a very intimate relationship with our own hearts. And I think if we start from there, then we can, once you're grounded, we make a lot more sound decisions. Once we're in a place where we're really looking at what's at hand, start with your heart. And I think it's checking in with our humanity. At the end of the day, what's going on, it's bigger than a black and white issue. It's it's bigger than the race card. We're talking about humanity, justice, and submission submission to one another out of love. So the issues that we're we're seeing is no one wants to submit. And and that's the bigger issue because nature, everything flows through submission because it's a mutual respect. And I think that's where we have to get to so that we can make these changes we can change things for the better because this is a call for humanity Mm. you know it's just the tool that's being used is a racial divide but the true true test the true test i feel universally is can we put everything aside to just figure out how we can better our walk from here on out and it's going to be a lot of pain it's going to be a lot of things that surface but that's a part of growth. That's a part of releasing the things that are happening are emotional purges. You know, James Baldwin says one, one of my favorite quotes where he says, um, what, what cannot be faced can, cannot be fixed. And what is not faced will never be fixed. Like I do believe that. I believe that we have to face everything to fix it. And we can't be afraid of the facing part because that, gives way into how we change things and right now we're being we're all being forced to face things that all of us wanted to look away from all of us collectively things boil over and that's where we're at so i think it's it's very important that these things happen because i believe a new dawn is going to come rise from this and we'll be so much better than the energy we hold in the street i love that and i, and I love yeah, a lot of James Baldwin recently uh, has come up, whether it's been on social media or just looking around. And I, I love his words. And I, I love what you said about 
you know, having having to look in places we, we want to turn away from. And I, and I think that's the perfect segue to the work you do at Lunch on Me and helping the very people that we tend to look away from. Yeah. And, and so can you can you talk a little bit about you know, we've had you on the podcast before. We've you've had we've had you at Revitalize. We did an incredible documentary about our work, and we're going to put all that in the show notes because everyone needs to get from, much more familiar with all the incredible work you do. But you know, talk a little bit about the work you do with the most disadvantaged of the disadvantaged, if you will. Yes. Well, I, I will say one thing that is. Um, something I've always talked about when it comes to our homeless community. When you look at our homeless community, um, the majority of homeless people are black and brown. And this is completely connected to our system. You know, African-Americans only make up less than 13% of LA, yet in homelessness, they make up more than 50%. And I feel like when I'm in, I feel like when I serve, it's always felt like a pain, a painful history that I'm faced with, you know, I couldn't take away, I couldn't escape from racism because seeing that level of poverty from descendants of slaves shows me every day. So I feel like in my walk, I've been looking where it hurts for so long that I had to do something about it. And I think that that's part of what's going on now. I think that I've been witnessing this so I, I feel like I can help a lot of people navigate because I know what it's like to look where it hurts. I've been doing this work 15 years and I still cry like a baby. And I cry because I want things to change. I cry because those emotions boil over. And it is hard because for a long time, people would look away. People would put blinders on and they would never want to see the suffering. And it's a privilege to watch it opposed to experience it. So even at the most advantaged space, people still look away. And so for me, I think that these moments that are happening are so important because I know what happens when you get tired of the pain. You choose something else. We've been complacent in the pain. So now it's, it, it's in our face. It's in our interactions. It's everything that we touch, we look at. And I think now this is a moment that we can tip over what's been already boiling over so we can change things. And as hard as it is, and I tell you, Jason, I cry so much, but we all deserve something better. And better doesn't happen until we wake up. We can't fix what we won't see. And I think that we're so much better than this. As a collective, energetically, we're so much better than this. Because if we were unifying in love and in light, do you know the energy that we pour into the earth? We could be a field of gratitude. But we have to fix what we have not been willing to face. And even when I work with the homeless community, they cry out for love. They cry out, cry out to be seen. And I feel like being exposed to this for so long, I'm just ready for more people to show up. I don't want to be the only one or the only few. I want to see this energy permeate the world. And I think it's possible. And I think we're in such a tender time because we really have, it, we really have moments to turn this around. But we have to be willing to. 
Whew, sorry, I'm emotional, Jason. Oh. All, all, all good. Uh, you know, I, I've been running around an office all day. You've been on the front lines on Skid Row, feeding people uh, all day, and you know, helping people who no one wants to help and who don't have access to the things that you know a, a lot of people take for granted, whether that's organic food or yoga or energy work. Um, you know, so. Even love. Love, yeah. The big one. You the know? biggest one. Because <laughs> well, if, if people don't look at you, how can they love you? How do you get those moments of being acknowledged, you know? There's always these sayings. People call, like, the homeless community the invisible people, you know? They've kind of been pushed out of a society. And you have to think about that. We all want to be loved and acknowledged. And can you imagine what that does to your heart and spirit if no one even sees you? So it, it's it, it's a lot and it's hard to look at, but they need that help. That's been the thing is, I you know, we've we've gone to the protests and then we're in Skid Row constantly, you know, because so many people don't have access to media. They don't have TVs. They're still reading out of newspapers. A lot of people um, experiencing homelessness don't even have smartphones. So they don't, they know something's going on and they know there's a collective movement, but they've been pushed out of society so you don't see a lot of them there you've seen where skid rose felt like a ghost town because less people are showing up less resources um and i was saying that prior to even the riots because we were saying this before the protests be because of the covid19 so they've dealt with so many different things because people you know had pushed them away on another level, everything that we experience, it's magnified in their experience. Mm. And so when, you know, their, their lack of love resources, it, it's magnified. And it's been one of those things where, you know, certain areas of the world is crumbling, falling apart, falling together. And we're just trying to keep the foundation for people that shouldn't be forgotten. You know, there's still this demographic that, that, that shouldn't be forgotten. And that's been our focus is making sure that everyone gets a chance. Everyone has a safe space. And I think that's the biggest thing is we're all looking for safe places to go, to run, you know, a refuge. And we're trying to be that in every space that we occupy, especially for communities that we know are forgotten. So how can we all help the homeless? You know, I remember one of the statistics, uh, so many people out there on the streets uh, came from the foster system. Yeah. And kids who turn into adults who really never had a shot, you know, never had, a, never had love, never had parents, just, just never, never really had a shot. And, it, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, you know, for people listening, you know, what, 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 can, what, what do you want them to know about that issue it's obviously a very complicated issue but you know what are the things that that we can do to to help whether you know whether it's with lunch lunch on lunch on me and the great work you're doing or, or maybe you know other uh, helping the problem in, in other cities i think one of the things that would help a lot because a lot of times we look at the magnitude of the problem and that's overwhelming and that can make anyone freeze and feel hopeless. I think what's really important is if 
we approach it. This is how I've approached helping our community. I've looked at our problems in a sense of a potluck. <laughs> I always say that because I say if everyone brings a dish, we have a feast. It's doing small things with many people. And a lot of that has to do with us implementing social good into our culture. And like one of the things, I don't know if you know Tal that owns Din Meditation um, in LA, but Tal came in yesterday. She asked me, what do we need? And I asked her to get two things. We just needed water and sanitizer, hand sanitizer for the community. It's those small things. You know, I feel like we go to these grand gestures. We don't have to build Rome in a day. I think we have to just implement these things on a daily basis. And something as simple as she spent an hour, you know, running two yoga studios, meditation studios. She spent an hour to drop off hundreds of water bottles and hand sanitizers, like small ones, uh, travel size. And that helps so much. That's just one person in one day. If we look at how many people are in each city, all of our problems get fixed if we're all contributing to this potluck. We're doing our part. We're finding out what are the needs. Something as simple as water. We don't think about them all the times because we, we live a privileged life. And it's safe to say a lot of us do, especially in our circles. But we all can do something. And it doesn't always have to be huge. We don't need to measure it in a grand gesture. We need to be consistent about it. And I think it's the small things that chip away at it. And water bottles, granola bars. Everyone I know has at least one or two granola bars in their bag. I, I do things very simple. Like I, I always have $5 bills. That's kind of my form of tidying. It's something so simple. I keep a couple $5 bills in my, in my wallet, granola bars. And if you drive a couple water bottles in the back of your car, just because you never know who you're going to encounter and you might not be able to give them everything in that moment, but you can give them love nurturance something as simple as i want to make sure that here's a granola bar here's water who doesn't like to feel loved in that way and it's a simple gesture that anyone could do connecting with nonprofits and finding out what are their simple today needs because if everyone's doing that today we fix the problems on a ground grassroots level everything is about doing things simplistically it doesn't have to be huge no one can fix the problem by themselves, but they can fix their area in their corner of the world. I love it. And so to close, to, to come full circle, look, this is going to be a process. Mm -hmm. We can all do better. And, yeah. it, you know, I go back to the big question is, you know, where, where do we go from here? How can we individually and collectively, you know, begin the healing process and, and, and where, 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 where do we go from here? I think it's conversations just like this. We have to talk about these things. A lot of things we don't talk about as a society. We get quiet. I feel like a lot of times we're scared to talk because we don't want to ruffle feathers. I think we have to be okay with being vulnerable with each other and talking and, and exchanging ideas, exchanging hearts. It all starts with communication. Talk to our families, have these important conversations because if we want to stop the pain and what's going on, it starts where it started, which is at home. All of us have to start there. We have to bring our community involved. We have to educate each other on experiences. We have to make friends 
of people that don't look like us, that don't sound like us, that come from different backgrounds, because that's how we expand our knowledge and our understanding. It's very important that we get out of our bubbles. It's very important that we have these uncomfortable conversations. And it's, a, it's an act of vulnerability. It's a practice. This is part of love being a discipline. We have to practice being vulnerable and open. And if we have to cry, whatever we feel, I think it's beautiful seeing so much on social media. People are talking. People are lending their platforms for good. This is the first time that you're seeing it and it's been bigger than just business and being rele relevant. It's been about right, wrong, and humanity. And if we can continue this momentum and don't let it be a moment, don't let it be fleeting, don't let it be trending, but it actually changes and we implement this in our lifestyle, it's kind of like healthy eating. It's kind of like dieting. You can't just do it every now and then. It's changing your lifestyle. Let this approach be a change of lifestyle. And that, I think, would change so much. But we start with our circles. We start with those conversations. We start with vulnerability. We start with listening and being submissive to one another. Because I think that's an act of love. Amen. It's got, it can't be a moment. It needs to be a shift. Yes. Well, Lorea, thank you so much for all that you do. Um, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for taking the time. I loved everything you said. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I just feel like, you know, this is a tough time, but I do think that we can be better. I, we, we can, we can, and we need to be. And, you know, I, it, it's, you know, how do, how do we make sure? I think, you know, the thing we want to really focus on, I think what's so critical is how, how do we make this not a moment and a, and a shift and what does it mean for our world and i do think there are so many good people in the wellness world but they just don't know what to do yeah i agree and i just want you think know, that it's exposure now yeah. you know you can't unlearn what you've learned yep you know a lot of it has to do with like people didn't know it was a lack of knowledge it was ignorance it was just a deep lack of understanding and i think this is a time where people are gathering information and now after everyone's gathered the information that they need to be more aware now we implement applying it yep apply what you learned yep show up yeah show up and i think that i see it it's going to be so beautiful like i feel so good about the light that's at the end of the tunnel i really do well I do. I'm, I'm glad you're saying that. You make me feel better. <laughs> I do. I do because this is how it works. You got to go through hard times. You got to be uncomfortable. You got to be rattled at your core. Yeah. This is the only time we grow. Complacency doesn't grow us. It doesn't shift us. You know, so I think that this is important. I'm, I've seen more people feel than ever. I'd rather them feel too much than be numb. I love that. I love that. Well, now we, now I really mean now we'll close there. That that's the note. That's the note we'll close on. That's the okay, note we'll close perfect. on. Well, Lorea, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank I will, you. Uh, I will see you soon, hopefully, and be able to give you a hug someday. Yes, right. <laughs> We're gonna be scheduling hugs, everyone. Yes, hug your babies for me, your beautiful wife. Thank you guys so much. It's always a pleasure every time I talk to you right. guys. Thank you. You are so sweet, and thank you, and be well, and God bless. You too. Have a good one, Jason. Bye.